opposite of Wizards After Dark, so last year, Wizards After Dark was pretty much exclusively a post-game show. This year, it will mostly be a post-game show. I'm going to be doing post-game episodes. I'm going to be figuring out exactly how I'm going to do that. I told you guys the last couple episodes, I'm I'm going on... Uh, I'm going on The Athletic for this year. Wizards After Dark is going to be part of The Athletic, and that's a very exciting thing. I, In case you were looking for an episode after the first preseason game, don't worry. I'll have one after the first regular season game. I just didn't think a preseason game against the Knicks warranted a postgame show. So today, for the first time, I'm doing a pregame show that is still going to go up after the game because it's 623 right now, and the Wizards play the Guangzhou Long loins, as they have out in front of the building. Uh, no, it's the Guangzhou Long Lions from China. They play them at 7 o'clock. Uh, and I'm Fred Katz, by the way. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. And uh, joining me in person, just so happens to be in D.C., is uh, I've been on your podcast a number of times. You've only been on mine once, is Dave DeFore, also from The Athletic. Yeah, no, I know. I feel like uh, this was on purpose. Like, you just were like, oh, I can't have Dave on my show. It's too good uh you know i'm way better than dave everybody you know really likes me and they don't really like dave yeah anyone who has listened to this show knows there are no standards <laughs> well we did just have like a 10 minute long conversation where you didn't quite know how to make the mic work yeah yeah so I yeah yeah i, <laughs> I you, i've owned this mic since three podcasts ago I have taken this mic through Locked on Thunder. Oh, yeah. Thunder, Thunder After, after Dark, Dark. The OKC Dream Team. Wizards After Dark first version. And now Wizards After Dark second version. So let's call it five podcasts because we'll say Wizards After Dark is two different podcasts. I've owned this mic for five podcasts. That's impressive. And uh, unimpressive is that I apparently still didn't know, <laughs> didn't know how to use it. Well, I mean, at least it's a good mic. It's totally a I, good mic. Yeah. Welcome to Microphones After Dark. Uh, I mean, I have this mic. I, I've got, you know. A thousand or so hours of podcasting on mine, at least. Let's talk about Isaac Bonga. Let's yeah. get into it. Speaking we got, of weird we things. In 20 minutes, so. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of weird things. Let's talk about Isaac Bonga. So Isaac Bonga is starting tonight. A bunch of guys are arresting. I just didn't figure that tonight was going to warrant any kind of post-game show. Uh, they're playing a Chinese team. Bradley Beal's not playing. Ish Smith isn't playing. Anything we say in this episode is going to be just as relevant post-game, pre-game. There's really nothing that's going to happen that's going to change anything, barring something insane that happens to to occur. Um I want to start on Bonga just because we were on the tails of getting – we are currently on the tails of a conversation that we were going to have about Bonga over on the court just now but decided not to to have it on the podcast. I genuinely don't remember what I was going to say to you. So this is going to be yeah, – Oh, and you, you made a demonstrative point. <laughs> oh, wait. We are going to stop talking because I want to save this for the podcast. And you, well, all right. I, well, I'll say, I'm pretty I'll, sure – I'll say the one thing. Okay. That one person who is familiar with Bonga. Right. I can't really get more specific than that. I, I hit that person up when the Wizards traded for him. I was like, so is, because he barely played for the Lakers last year. I'm not sitting around watching Lakers G League games. So so I, I said to that person, like, is, is Bonga good? He was like, yeah, uh, maybe. Not not really sure. And I was like, I know he's kind of played point guard. Is, is he... Is he a point guard? Is there any chance he's a point guard? Like, Maybe, kinda. Not really sure. Is he a shooting guard? 
he might be a shooting guard. Yeah, he might be a shooting guard. Is he is he a small forward? Yeah, that's possible. He could totally be a small forward. Uh, and maybe he could play power forward depending on how the, the league develops. It's like, okay, you're someone who knows Bonga really well and is extremely familiar in, in, with his game, and you have told me nothing. He's a mystery wrapped inside an enigma. He is, <laughs> so I'll ask you a question, okay? And this is how when, when I evaluate young players, like this is like, Ahead of the draft, this is guys that are, you know, first couple years in the league, G League guys, any of this stuff. What is his identifiable skills? Like, what are his identifiable skills? What is? I was going to say skill. Of course, he doesn't have any, right? He doesn't have a signature skill. Doesn't have anything that he's elite at. I don't think he's, like, an elite athlete. He's elite at being tall. He's elite at being long. And long. But those aren't those aren't basketball traits, right? No, it's it's funny because like also tall, long, uh, good athlete are not like that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a good basketball player, right? Like we look at those things as like those are bonuses, but can he dribble? Hmm, kind of. Does he penetrate well? Not really. Can't shoot. Um, how's his defense? Who's he guard? Well, you know what's interesting is, like, you can use the what ba- discernible basketball skills does he have. You can use that in so many different ways because there are teams that look at that, regardless of the player, Bong or anybody else. Because I remember people said that about Giannis his rookie year. Absolutely. What, what are his discernible basketball skills? His I'm rookie not, year. Yes. yes. I'm not but, – but Bonga is the same age now I as get Giannis it. was his right. rookie year. I'm not comparing him to Giannis, sure, by the way. I'm sure. merely saying there are different ways that you can use uh, this argument. So you can – you're hearing the sounds of the arena right now. Yeah, We're yeah. back to Wizards we, After Dark yeah. getting the sounds of the arena. That's the li- it, yeah. The listeners from last year are very used to the, <laughs> the natural sound of Capital One. Um, but you can use that argument to say um, if you're a team. Right. Well, there's nothing there. Or you can use that argument to say – Oh, we can mold them into whatever we want. And this is the so this is for people that are listening to your show that have listened to me, uh, especially the last year because I've been really like harping on this. I am out on guys that might be something. I am in on people that have skills. Now, certainly, I would have been wrong about Giannis. That that sounds like a Tony Robbins line. I, well, hey, I just made it up. That's my thing. <laughs> no, the Tony Robbins line that I love is the best skill is availability, right? That's that's is, the is best that skill. A Tony Robbins. That's line? my line. That's oh. my Tony Robbins. Oh, okay. Yeah, the skill of availability, okay. the art well, of the best, showing the up. The best ability is availability. Yeah. So, like the book I'll write is is the skill of availability, colon the art of showing up. Who's who, that? Is a quote though. The best ability is availability. Uh, somebody said it. Yeah. Might be what is. I feel like it's Woody Allen. But I feel like I'm also totally wrong. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like I might be hilariously <laughs> incorrect. You keep talking. Yeah, it's gonna be Woody I'm, Harrelson. I'm gonna. <laughs> No, it's um, going to be something like yeah, horribly. Woody horrible. from Toy Story. But anyway, so <laughs> I I just personally, um, I think that there are so many good, like players that are good right now that maybe they don't have the ceiling that some people see in, in a bonga type of player. Um, but they're going to, they're better players today and they're probably going to be better players three years from now, just, just looking at probability. Um, with bonga, I mean, listen. 
we all, as, as basketball people, we all get fascinated when we look at these the measurements of a guy like that. We see him on the court, and it's like, oh, wow, he moves really well. He's got good feet. Um, you know, he doesn't trip over his own feet. Uh, his, you know, he looks like, like an athlete. That's a, that's a big thing. Like, when he moves and runs, like, doesn't look awkward. Yeah. Um, he's not flat-footed or – none of the things that, that would – throw up red flags but so we see that and and with the measurements and the age as well right like he's super young and raw and we're just we're we're fascinated by that because we've we've been subjected to the propaganda of the youth movement right it's always this potential and you can keep kicking the potential like i can you can get number one draft picks four years five years in a row i mean the lakers just did it with number two picks Oh, well, this guy's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. And then they sold that potential, right, for for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. But until that, until they did that trade, they were selling that potential to their fans. These guys are going to be all-stars, going to be all-stars, going to be all-stars. Are any of those guys going to pan out? I don't know. Is Isaac Bonga going to pan out? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no I, idea. Like, that is where we are. With Giannis, though, you saw flashes of a useful player even without like a jump shot, his handle wasn't really great, but he made it work, and and we just haven't seen that. Now, with that being said, my I didn't watch point, a ton of G League either, my, my but I saw enough was of not, it. My point was not. Oh no, 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 that he was going to be Giannis. No, of course not. No, no, no. My my point is only the 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 two extremes of that, absolutely. That you can use that to say we can turn that guy into somebody, right? Like, but but most of the guys like Giannis is such an outlier. Of course. I mean, just such an outlier. But there are guys who have come into the league as nothing mm-hmm. and raw. They exist. DeAndre Jordan. Yes. DeAndre Jordan was that. They're they're usually bigs. Right. Those guys. So I actually have a theory about bigs. It, like, we are seeing it now with shooting, right? All these bigs um, becoming shooters. Well, part of that is because they never shot before. Mm-hmm. And I think with bigs, when they're in lower levels of basketball and up to college— they're doing things that are so different than what they're going to do in the NBA that it takes them like they have there's a learning curve. DeAndre Jordan learning how to actually be a rim runner and how to defend in the NBA is totally different than anything he did in high school or, or college. Mm-hmm. And so I think that learning curve is steeper for them, but more attainable, if that makes sense. So they might look awful for a couple of years also, and then they uh, figure it out. Offensively, a big's role can be simpler. Absolutely. Like yeah. a wing has got to do more stuff. Absolutely. And and if you are not as good as doing it, to make it as simple as possible, yep. the more stuff you do, the more stuff you have to be good at, and the more it's going to show if you're not good at a lot of stuff. And when you can simplify somebody's role, like, and it's easier to do that with right. a wing. It's not possible to do that with a wing, by the way. No, no, no. But, but usually that w- in order to do that with the wing, the wing has to have one really, really elite, elite. skill to make up for the rest, like a Danny Green or something uh, like Danny that. Danny Green was exactly the Where it's like Danny Green is not even that great moving off the ball. Nope. Like, Danny Green just kind of hangs out. You know what the really extreme one is? Anthony Morrow. He is the most extreme because Anthony Morrow didn't run off of screens. Nope. Anthony Morrow didn't set screens. Anthony Morrow didn't cut he couldn't defend. He didn't do anything. But he was so good as a catch and shoot guy that he played in the league for ten years. Yeah, I don't know if he like came into the league today. If he would play for ten years now, the game it'd be tougher. The game is different. Defense Without the defense, different. yeah, yeah, defense is different. Now. That's the thing about Danny Green. Him. So Danny Green is elite defender and an elite three point shooter, and and I think that 
honestly, like to make it as a wing, you have to be able. If if you're only a shooter, it's it's really hard to do it these days. Yeah, Jimmer Fredette doesn't have a job, right? Yeah. I mean, part of that is he's small, but Jimmer Fredette, great shooter, but he doesn't have a job because he can't do anything else. Danny Green, I mean, he's an elite defender. One of the, I mean, the probably the greatest transition defender is him or Dwayne Wade as a guard. Killer def- ever, transition defender. Right? Um, and, and then obviously the shooting. I mean, he's a plus 40% three-point shooter. That's that's huge. Bonga, like, doesn't have an elite skill yet. And I'm not saying he won't. I'm just, you know, I, I'd i be no, buying just, low on the idea. It's just what makes him interesting. Like, I think, I think interesting and good. Yeah. Are two different things. Agreed, yeah. And a guy who is so raw is really interesting. Like to me, and maybe it's just because I cover him, so I've just kind of been yeah. Stockholm syndromed into believing it. But like to me, Rui's not my pick to win rookie of the year. No. But I think he's the most interesting rookie in the league this year. Like I am, because I'm just so fascinated to see how he handles legitimately everything right like from the on-court stuff to the off-court stuff to the fact that he's not on a good team so he's going to play in this organization that's in the midst of a total like philosophical transition might be the third best player on the team exactly to the point that like is how is he going to handle a progression from i mean he started playing basketball like six and a half minutes ago (laughs) right like how is he going to handle the jump from college to the nba when he would penetrate the basket last year he'd do it with his head down when's he going to start doing it with his head up how's he going to how's his defense going to go what's going to happen is he going to shoot yeah and what's what's going to happen with his jump shot because the thing is people talk about him like he can't shoot and i don't say that about him because it's not true he just can't shoot in a way that people want him to shoot. Right. He is a very good step-back mid-range guy. And what's weird is if you look at the numbers, he's actually better jump shooter off the dribble than he is catch and shoot. Or at least he was at Gonzaga, huh. which is weird. Wildly unusual. That is weird. It's very it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I want to know, is that going to be the same as a three-point shooter? Because if that's the same as it now that could change. Right. There are some guys who are better off the dribble mid-range, not as good catch-and-shoot mid-range because it's just well, it's really a rare. It's a rhythm thing. Right. Yeah. But they're better catch-and-shoot from three. Yeah. But if that's true for him as a three-point shooter and he actually does become, let's just say, a good enough three-point shooter. 35%. To yeah. yeah. 33 to 35 for his career. Yeah. And he's 36 on pull-ups but 32 on catch-and-shoot. What kind of player is that? I mean, it's a good player. Yeah. But what is his role? How right. does he work in an offense? Well, he better be able to pass. Right. He's right. going to have to be able to pass, and he's going to have to be a good enough scorer to where you can put the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. and it's not just good for him. Because the, 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 the useless players are the players who are best when they have the ball in their hands, but their team is worse when they have the Absolutely. ball in their hands. Right. And those are the, the useless players. Yeah. And those are the guys who find themselves out of the league. Uh, and so he's going to have to find himself as a way if that's the player he is. And he might not even be right. that player because he might not develop into right. this. But if that's what he is, like he is going to have to develop uh, into a guy who can make his team better. So, yeah, yeah. he's going to have to pass. He's going to have to get around the rim. He looked in the preseason opener. I know you didn't see it. He looked much better than I anticipated. How, um, all right. Is he going to defend? 
Probably not. See this not this right is, away. But Certainly see, not but, right away. Right. Well, I, okay. Caveat: uh, most rookies are awful at defense. Most. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, almost all. Like to the point where if you just said rookies are bad at defense, you'd you'd probably be right. Uh, so I don't expect him to defend right away. But is he going to defend year three, year four? I don't know. See, that's the question because I think that he's not going to. He's probably never going to be an elite shooter, right? Probably not. And he's, and he's probably, probably never going to be an elite defender. And he's probably never going to be an elite creator. Probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you how do you stick in the league? And not just stick in the league, but how do you become a, a good player? Let's say not not an all star. But sub all star type player because number nine pick, you should have some expectations. How do you do that with no elite skill? See, and that that becomes the question. And of course, we don't know. Maybe he he does do these things and he becomes this incredible player. I, I'm not saying that he won't. I, I mean, I'm an eternal optimist with young guys. Like I, I try to give them a chance. Um, Except I, for with Isaac Bonga. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, I would love to be wrong because. I want everybody to be good, right? Like, that's just one of my things. Um, but, like, how do you – how are you a starter without an elite skill? Well, he's got to be really good at finishing around the rim. I mean, he's got to be – the first thing. Yeah. Like, and he's got to be really good at getting to the line. Like 60%. Yeah. And he's finishing be, around the basket. Oh, he can do that. I yeah. mean, he's got, he's got to be higher than that. Yeah. Like, he's got to be – and he's got to have a really good foul rate. Yep. Uh, he, he needs to be at seven free throws a game. Right. And he's got to – and he's got to – Shoot probably sixty five percent at the rim. Yeah, and and that's how he does it. And if he if he can and, go to the free throw line seven times a game, and here's that really is super elite. He's really what he needs to do. He doesn't need to be. In, in order to just be a good starter, yeah. I don't think he needs to be an elite passer, but he needs to be an elite ball mover. Yeah, and those are two different things. Absolutely. Elite passer, we think facilitator, guy you give him the ball, he's going to create something either off the first pass, second pass, third pass, right. whatever. He's going to open yep. things up. He's going to find those things. Elite ball mover, he can just be great within yeah. a team scheme, know how to make the right play. And and I think what the Wizards are banking on, because you talk to anybody with the Wizards, and the first thing they say about him is how smart he is right? and how quickly he absorbs things. And I remember when I was covering the Thunder, they said the same thing about Terrence Ferguson. Mm-hmm. The first thing – any Billy Donovan, you bring up Terrence Ferguson to him when Terrence Ferguson's rookie year, when Billy kept giving him minutes, and we were kind of all critical of Terrence Ferguson yeah. getting as many minutes as he did on a good team. Turned out we were all wrong. Billy yeah. was right. Uh, and Billy was saying he just absorbs things. If right. he goes through something, he's not going to do that again. If I never have to tell him anything twice. Yeah. I tell him that, and he's just smart. He just gets it. And uh, then you see Terrence Ferguson come out his second year, and the dude is, like, a really good defender. Yeah. Like, really, really good. Like, I could see him making all defense at some yeah. point in his career. Well, he's a fantastic athlete that actually uses it well on the defensive end. Not on offense. No, not yet. But he does on defense. But he might. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's only 21. Right. But with Rui, they say the exact same things. And so if if that intelligence transfers to where it's just, like – there is – I wrote this a couple weeks ago. There, the most underrated skill, which we haven't talked about, the most underrated skill in basketball is the ability to make the right decision, decision quickly. Making. Yep. 
Just be and, and do it. Quickly. So I talk about this all the time. And that's a skill. Yep. I Just whether that decision agree. is to pass, is to go into a dribble handoff, right. is to penetrate, is to cut, is to set a screen, is to set which screen you're supposed to set. Like those those sorts of things. The ability to make that decision quickly yep. is so important. And if you could be a lead at that, you could probably fit in a lot on more any races. team too. Yeah. And Mike D'Antoni talks about this a lot. He's like, I really need wings to be able to do three things: catch and shoot. Catch and go, so attack, close out, go to the basket. Catch and pass, move the ball, right? Those three things, if you can do those three things, and meaning you're making that decision, you know, and I love that it's audio so you can actually hear the good snap, <laughs> but making those decisions fast um, and making the right decision, of course, right, goes, goes hand in hand. If you can do that, you can play. If you're willing to shoot when you're open, and this is a thing with young guys who aren't good shooters, I mean, you know, we've seen this. Uh, ben Simmons comes to mind, right? Um, but he's elite at three. so many. Hey, three point shooter, I know. Man. Hey, we did, you know, we did an emergency podcast about it. <laughs> um, but but if you can make fast decision making, but also the right decision, it's huge. And so you know, when I hear stuff like you know, Rui is is picking things up quickly, and and you know, the the coaching staff thinks that he is absorbing it well, like you said with Terrence Ferguson. And that's good. Like there, nothing bad comes from uh, a player being smarter on the basketball court. There's a lot of guys that probably wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for you know being high IQ players. And there are a lot of guys who could have made it if they were. At, well, oh my God, we all know those guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, Anthony Randolph comes to mind. Yes. Right. Thomas it, Robinson. It, yeah. Comes to mind. Every Couldn't tool. Remember plays and by Thomas the way, Robinson. Thomas Robertson, like. To, to just take us on a tangent, I thought that guy was going to be incredible. I, th- I was always a fan of his. I, I, first of all, I'm a sucker for a guy that's like 6'10 and rebounds like that, or 6'8 and rebounds like that. And he also had a nice 16-foot jump shot. I was like, this guy is going to be uh, modern-day Horace Grant. He's going to be 15 and 12, you know, every and night. And he then went, what, fifth to Sacramento? Fourth. Fourth, fourth pick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was... He was a beast, man. Yeah. Really was, close with the Morrises. Yeah. I, I just, I was like, toughness. Like, th- there was no way that guy was going to fail. And I was wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I, if I recall, I think part of his problem was he, he couldn't really remember plays. And he, and he struggled getting down just like the defensive end. Yeah. The things that we're talking about right. now. And there are people, Boris Diaw, man. Boris Diaw is a much better athlete than people I, get credit for. Well, but, but like late career Boris Diaw. Yeah. Yeah, but the the IQ. Yeah. Uh, people forget that Boris Diaw in in those finals defended LeBron, defended everybody, but also defended the hell out of LeBron. Literally the blueprint for defending LeBron. I mean, that's how you do it. You you have a guy who with the lateral quickness that Boris had, with the IQ, um, obviously the drop back scheme worked really well. But Boris Diaw is why they won that title. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm high on on smart players, so that's good to hear about Rui. And I've heard that before, um, coming into the draft. Like Cole's Wicker was really high on that. Yeah, that he was that Rui was smart. But all of the draft guys that I know and trust felt like it was, was a reach. Very very big reach to take him in at nine. So. I don't I don't believe in reaches. That's my. You that's take my the player side. who's on your board. Yeah. yeah yeah I don't I don't believe in reaches. That's my. It's my my real. That's your you're like out on you, youth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's like yeah. if you if you like a guy, yeah, take him. 
it's we only talk about reaches until we see the player play. Well, the other thing no is one, no one no one says that Russell Westbrook is a reach because he ended up good, right? And and nobody talks about uh, like if you, if you take somebody late, and Giannis ends up was being a reach, good, then it's great. Yeah, Giannis was a reach. Yeah, no one talks about it. if the guy ends up good. And even if he ends up not quite as good as his draft position, sure. but he's still good, especially if you're talking about the ninth pick. It's different at, like, number two. Sure. But, like, if we're talking about the ninth pick and and you take somebody at nine and he's still good, but he ends up yeah. being the quality of your average number 11th pick. doesn't matter. You just take the guy who you think is good. Well, we also aren't privy to the internal processes that teams go through. So, like, we don't know how much of their decision-making – is based on personality because anybody doing doing draft stuff oh, on I the can, internet i can tell you is for I certain know. it's the wizards decisions have a lot to do with personality. right but what for 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 my draft friends on the internet while they're great at the skill stuff and 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 you know the statistical analysis they're not doing the human intelligence part mm-hmm. and that's a blind spot and i and most of the guys that i trust are are really good about knowing that they're missing that part um and this is where teams this is how they this is where they make these guys into good players right i'm my assumption was and and you just kind of confirmed it Rui's a guy that they saw as a fit personality wise would fit what they want to do as an organization and that they thought could develop in this environment so you know hey may i i think it's probably going to work out i think he's going to be a fine player I'm I just not, don't know if he's going to be an all-star, but I'm not it, he totally have sure. To be. I'm not totally sure either way, but that yeah. is why I think he's. If I was really confident on very him, interesting, like Zion's not interesting. No, Zion, no he, Zion's fun. Yeah, he's but, awesome. But we know what he's he's going to be. But he's not. Yeah. He's not interesting. See, I, I got. I say Cam Reddish because yeah, he's a good one. Right, but but it was because but you know what? I'm kind of out on Cam Reddish. See, but he underperformed is, in college, which yeah. is why he's interesting. So yes. it's it's almost like the low expectations uh, now. Versus the high yeah. expectations he had coming in. No, that's a yeah. good one. That's a good one. Uh, plug, we got a game starting in about 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean. Plug your, plug listen, your really good work in look, the 580 podcast. Yeah, I, I host every podcast on The Athletic, even the hockey podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the stuff is on The Athletic. I mean, the Backpack Podcast, Basketball Buds, which you were just on the last episode of. Um, Nerdish She Wrote, we got a uh, second part of our season preview, which I, I – Try to try to fool people and say it was pretenders and contenders, but really it's just a season preview. Well, uh, you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark. You can do that on iTunes. Uh, it will be making the move over to the Athletic, and that means, like I like I've said before, in case you missed the previous episodes, we Wizards After Dark is going to be part of the Athletic this season. If you already subscribe to Wizards After Dark, stay subscribed. You'll still be getting. Uh, probably most of the Wizards After Dark episodes on this stream. So just stay subscribed to it. You're all good. In addition, there are going to be bonus Wizards After Dark episodes uh, that you can get on The Athletic. So if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, I imagine a number of my listeners are because I work for The Athletic. If you are not a subscriber to The Athletic and you just listen to the podcast and you enjoy the podcast, you can subscribe to The Athletic. Do it off in one of my articles because then I get credit for the subscription. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, or you can just go to, uh, there's going to be a URL as well with a discount rate if you want to sign up. If you want to wait, I'll let you know. There's going to be a discount code and I'll, I'll let you know what that is on a future podcast. But I don't think they have that all, all ready to go right now. But those episodes are going to run on the 
on the Athletic, and I will I will put up an episode letting everybody know right before it goes on. There are going to be bonus episodes you can get over there. Subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes because that's like I always yeah. Say. Don't bother to review it if you're going to give a bad review. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I am uh, not. Five stars, leave a review. The reviews are really nice. I don't understand how they help, but apparently they do help when they're good reviews, so that'll be great. Uh, I'll be back with another episode soon. I'll talk to you guys then.